Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Three Drink Minimum. It is Monday, uh, October 19th. I'm getting made fun of Ray. Jesus fucking Christ. I, I am Frank, and I'm joined by the heckler himself, JC Knows Best. Welcome to Three Drink Minimum. You're excited, and, I, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're so excited you made it to March. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate the energy. Oh, Christ. I'm looking forward to things in the future is what it is. That's what it is, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joseph Conklin is here as well. Yo. Sitting in the ginger seat. This is the dangerous. This is the comfy seat. The gi- oh, is it? It is. I oh, like that gi- seat. Oh, you said ginger seat. Ah, I said ginger. Racist. Chrissy Mayer is at a show in the city somewhere, so she is not here. Joining us on the couch... Welcome back to Dan Lamort. My yeah, motherfucking man. Looking good, too, dude. He's looking more like a comedian. He he looks like a... What's the uh, the comic, the white comic? He looks just like a comic. Sean Donnelly? Not Sean Donnelly. Larry the other the one. Dan St. Germain? Dan St. Germain. You he look said just white, like him. You look like the white comic. So, <laughs> but, you, but guess what? You, you got like it, Junior. You guys like, made you it. Guys. You finally became that level of racism. You're like, well, the white guy. You know, flannel and a beard. Flannel <laughs> and a beard, yeah. Did it work? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, listen, Is it I, working for you, Dan? I love it. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. look great, dude. It's a different Thank look. You. I'm trying to get adjusted to it, but you look good. Are you getting a lot of mustache rides? Yeah. <laughs> you got to so, so. that. Squeak. So, so. No, it took me a while to process what that meant. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, eh. It's there. It's twat on your face. Dan is probably the most successful comic uh, at this short of amount of time in his career that I've ever seen or known I about, I, yeah. you know, Thank I don't you. know, you know, if they, they, maybe there's somebody else. But you've been doing comedy for how long? A little over a year now. Get the fuck! And out you're of here. literally headlining real shows, clubs, yeah, so. like clubs. I mostly feature though. Oh, that's it. Well, that's all. Just a feature. If you come, I'm telling you right now, and we are uh, extremely bitter on this show. So if you come with the humble brag shit, we will roll your ass out. Oh. Like, don't come with the humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Just keep keep it real. You're doing okay. great, dude. Yes, I'm doing. I'm there doing you well. Go. There you go. Be Good an job. arrogant prick. Or that's it. Douse you keep with it 100. Now, for those who are watching or saying, who, where, where is Al Martin? He'll be here in just a minute. We want to introduce Dan Lamort first, talk about a couple of quick things. Al Martin is in the building, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, we've he been be waiting. He will be here answering your questions. This all started a couple of weeks ago, which we will get into yeah. momentarily. JC, best thing about your weekend? Uh, definitely last night, dude. I took him to church. We took him to church last night um, at Stand Up New York. Uh, it was the inaugural church show. Kurt Mesker, who was a former Jehovah's Witness, who I learned so much about, uh, used to be a preacher, I guess. He fucking ripped the stage. Harrison Greenbaum, have you ever seen him perform live? Yes. yes. He's I have never. It, it was like, I need to write right now. I got to go home and write right now, dude. See, isn't that a great feeling, though? When that was you, an when emphatic you see an act like that and it just uh, inspires un- you to unbelievable. go home and be De- better. Del Harrison fucking killed it. Adrian Appalucci. J- Jamie Roberts came in and did a guest spot. The fucking show, you know, whoever uh, produced it, I got, you know, you got to fucking uh, tip your hat off. To- oh, wait. I produced that motherfucker. Yes, it was a great show. That was the best part of the weekend, Frank. So Good. The show was awesome, but the producer was an asshole. 
True. Touche. <laughs> True. Touche. Touche. Conklin, what about you? I had nothing good happen this weekend. Move on. Cool. Dan. <laughs> uh, I got to perform for the troops this weekend, and I picked up one of them after the show. That was just nice. No way. Oh. Yeah. A well, female. A how, female. Oh. Yeah. You know how he beats <laughs> up? Son of a bitch. Quick. He's catching quick, on, mother lover. Female. Air woman. Coming for you. That's nice. Good. Yeah. We're at. Uh, Fort Lee in Virginia. Awesome, dude. Great yes. shit. Really? She was, she was in the Air Force? Yes. I didn't really let people that were blind fly. <laughs> oh. oh there was an audience, they uh, probably wouldn't we, have laughed. We, but we, we, have, no, we just lost all of can our viewers. Thank you, Conklin. <laughs> Thank God. Gypsy, do we have any uh, drums or anything like that? Oh, uh, yeah. You gotta get, how do you Con- not have the rim shot? Like, dr- Conklin like, just, I didn't think you were going to be that like, dry. Well, Conklin just told, <laughs> a fun, we, he told a semi-funny joke, so we want to make sure that we uh, acknowledge that. Well, that, no, that was the backup joke to him beating us. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Thank you. On deck. Wow. Have that, him on yeah, deck. that should always be on deck. That and the wah, wah, wah. Well, let me tell you about my weekend. I who well, asked? I I'm answer, asking myself. The best part is that the Yonkers Comedy Festival, the shows are finalized. Nice, save for one that might co- pop up still. Right, uh, they nice. are finalized. We are pumped. It's November 11th to the 14th. Huge, Gypsy. Let's go through this really quickly. Yeah, there, 11th to 14th. Submissions are closed. We will have the list out Wednesday for who made the cut. Um, but the first show is on Wednesday, November 11th, 7.30 p.m. at the Yonkers Brewing Company. Sweet. No cover. Oh. Already confirmed are Tommy Gooch and Mike Cannon. Sweet. JC, I heard you were interested in hosting this one. Interested. Interested. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see who else, how the lineup shakes out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, That's that Wednesday. Wednesday night is the kickoff party at Rory Dolan's where we're actually setting a world record. For most comics performing on a single show, 90-minute show, one host, one mic, one stage, each comic has to get up on the stage and tell a joke or a bit. They can't walk up there and say poop or shit. They actually have to tell a joke. Well, there goes my set. We did a trial last week. We did 26 comics in 13 minutes. So, we might be going for 100. Uh, okay, a couple things. First of all, yeah, yeah. Are, we, are we trying to do Guinness for this? Is this like, are it you guys going Guinness? It is submitted to Guinness. On that, now, that is what makes it legit. Guinness yeah. is no fucking joke. We have That's to wait, huge. but we're doing it regardless. But if, if let's say they, they're not interested in coming out for it, it's still recorded. So, if right. it ever comes up, we have the proof of it, and Guinness has to acknowledge it. Okay. Now, at any point, will we have a nail salon available for comedians to do a spot in for this record? We can try that, or bus That's station, hilarious. things like that, or golf, golf station. I don't know. <laughs> yes. yeah. That's awesome. That's well deserved. I'm so glad I got you to bring that up. So this party's going to be insane. We're going to have a lot of press. Yeah, we have a lot awesome. of industry there. It's going to be a blast. This is huge, man. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff, dude. Uh, a couple more on Thursday, the November 12th, comedy contest at the River's Edge. That's at eight o'clock. Conklin and Eddie Messinelli. Are heading that one up together. Nice. Yeah, we got Good that. shit. You got that one. Got that. Uh, later that night at La Lanterna, another contest at 9 p.m. Host to be determined. Uh, that following Friday, the 13th, at Silvio's, we have Giannis Papas coming in headlining. Oh, man. Awesome. Chrissy Mayer's hosting that one. That's dinner and comedy for 50 bucks. Now, is Maurice, Maurice coming out? Maurice? Um, or is know. it just Giannis? I think that's if he's doing like an hour. Okay. He'll bring it out, but I think he's going to be doing 30 to 45 or so. I would love to know if he you know, gets annoyed at people requesting Maurice. Like, he's they would rather be. see Maurice than him. I wonder, I wonder if that's an issue ever. Like, Maurice we'd rather funny. you put on a dress than you be yourself. <laughs> yeah. You think that ever happens? 
I think so. Of course it does. Okay. Uh, later that night, another contest at Rory Dolan's at 8 p.m. Uh, Marielle Turner's hosting that one. Later that night at Duo's, JC Knows Best Heckler Show. Yeah, it's good. Nice. We're going to bring it back. It's 20 bucks, good. and that includes two house drinks or an appetite. That's, That's a great a deal. fucking deal. It's a great fucking deal. Hell yeah. Then Saturday night at 9.30, back to La Lanterna for a festival showcase. So some of the best comedians that we've all decided, submitted, will be on that one with some other invited comics. And that's $20 at the door. So, guys, it's going to happen. This is going to be insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, Guys, anything else before we kick it to commercial? I want to get into it, dude. Let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Stick around. We'll come back. We're going to see Al Martin answering your questions here on Three Drink Minimum. Located at 210 Americ Avenue in White Plains, New York. Visit our location and choose from a wide selection of exotic flavors. Bulletproof has always been about identifying and taking advantage of every single thing that makes people perform better. When you drink it, you just don't care about food. No cravings, no hunger for four to six hours, and you feel a kind of mental clarity that you probably haven't felt in years. Have you heard of uh, Bulletproof Coffee? I tried it today, I feel pretty good. Entertainment Network on Welcome back, everybody, to Three Drink Minimum. Thanks for staying tuned in. Guys, in the studio, for the first time, the owner of Broadway Comedy Club and Greenwich Village Comedy Club and the vice president of the Professional Comedians Association. Jesus Christ. Guys, put your hands together. Al Martin is here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Welcome, Al. How are you? Good, good. I'm feeling great. I'm honored to be here. I'm looking forward to a great hour. Good. How's the ride up? That was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot get two worse commutes from Staten Island to Westchester during rush hour. It's like, luckily, I beat everything by a few minutes. It wasn't too bad. It's like a couple hours. Good. I think I could have been in Albany if I left from Manhattan. (laughs) True. Right? Sure. As soon as you get past Westchester, you just fly up to Albany. Yeah. It's really crazy. Exactly. As soon as you get out of the suburbs, you're good. Um, Al, uh, some a couple weeks ago, you were brought up and your clubs were brought up from uh, a friend of ours, Glenn Miller, uh, who took exception to you, your family, the clubs, things like that. Then last week, we discussed it. Uh, we kind of debated some things about what your clubs are doing, what other clubs are doing. And... Um, then there were some arguments online which prompted you to want to have a space to discuss things, which I think is fantastic. You believe in freedom of speech. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions, which is great. We all feel that way. We think that 
JC, help me with this. You absolutely, me up. man. Yeah. And uh, you know, if somebody has something to say, what I've seen, you know, with the Sarah Silverman situation, and it seems like a couple of other situations, you always, you know, you get your back up and you say, okay, you know, I, I would like to uh, to answer this. So I've, correct, correct. I, I like that. Well, I my reputation is very important to me. You know, I mean, sometimes I think in life that's all you really have. I mean, and when I'm I'll just keep the mic uh, right. There's yeah. a lot of things that people can say that will be legitimate, and I'll say, yeah, it's true about me. But the Sarah Silverman thing wasn't true, and some of the stuff the other day that was said was not true. So. Now, obviously, we do. Uh, we like Glenn Miller, and he said things that he felt, were, and it's great. We have no problem with anything he said because those are his feelings. Right. Those are his words. That's up to him. Now, let's do a quick background about you. You used to perform comedy in the 80s. Late, late 80s late to 80s. the early 90s. I think I probably stopped around 97, 98. Mm -hmm. My goal was to perform in Vegas, to be on national TV, and to perform in Atlantic City. And the funny thing is, the reason I did comedy initially was because I, uh, I mean, the reason why I was a comic was that, uh, you know, it was something that was a slow time in my life, and I just kind of fell into it. And the reason why I started a room was to get stage time. Mm. But it became so, the room expanded so quickly, New York Comedy Club. It went from one night to two nights. You know, Wednesday nights at New York Comedy Club was new material night with Jim Mandrinos. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Thursday night was college night. And the producer of that show was Chris Mazzilli, who today owns yeah, the Comedy Club. Wow. So, you know, that's how far back all of that goes. So you started your own room to get stage time. To get stage time. What, so, were, you, what were you doing as a career before then, before you got into comedy? Uh, Dead-end stuff, burglar alarms, you know, selling burglar alarms. Uh, so you're doing dead-end stuff, you start being a comic, but you started, you opened your first club in 88? Now, was that your room or that, actual that, New York comedy it was, club? It was a room. Okay. A room. And then what happened is uh, that room lasted about five, six years as New York comedy club. And then I found out that the guy downstairs was not paying his rent. And we got tossed out of there. But we found my own place, my own freestanding club, at 24th and 2nd, the current location. Mm -hmm. And then, but the problem is, you know, I expanded the New York Comedy Club. Then we got a second showroom at New York Comedy Club. Then I purchased a, a room in Florida. And then Broadway opened up. Right. And Broadway eventually became three showrooms. It became so, it became a full-time job that I really cannot focus on staying a comedian. And I had to, that sort of had to take a back seat. Yeah, the reason I asked that question is for, for those who are out there who are ambitious. Uh, if you say you, you were doing dead-end jobs, how does somebody go from doing a dead-end job to owning a club? That's pretty, that's pretty incredible. That's why I asked that well, question. Well, I'll, I'll make the argument that if you are an aspiring comedian, this is the Al Martin golden rule. The lighter you travel in life, the less obligation you have in life, the better shot you have to make it. Mm. Yes, you sir. don't have a wife, if you don't have kids, if you live as close to Manhattan as possible, these are all, if you live in your mother's basement and you don't have big obligations to have to work and pay. Frank, you, Frank, are you listening to this? It, might, it, it sounds closely. like what he's saying is you need to give Chrissy the axe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I cut her off. Well, I do live in my parents' basement. Time to go. Okay. I do have a son, but I'm not married. Oh. So I'm like dabbling. In there somewhere. You're on the edge. Okay. I'm on the edge. Personally, I thought he was describing but, Dan Lamort. Uh, that, was, that was me to a T. Right? Got to grow a, a beard of, and wear flannel. That's the final. There's a lot of funny people I've met that they have a wife that doesn't want them going out right. five, six nights. Away. Right. Or they live in far out Long Island. Right. And they can't get into the city to do three, four spots. Listen, these wives will keep you down. You got to cut them. Mm. Cut them. Or they have a very successful job, and they have to make that decision. Uh, do I stay a lawyer at 150 k a year, or right. am I working to make enough money so I can hot, have hot and sour soup at Wohop at 2 in the morning? You know? right. mean, these are the decisions. So the lighter you travel, the less obligations you have, I think the, the better shot you have to make it. So the dead-end job was essential. Right. Okay. Awesome. This is great. So, all right. So he's, he's uh, we're talking about someone who owned, uh, got into ownership of clubs. So by '97, how many clubs have you had you owned? Or it's just the one sales. Just the I, one. Yeah. Right. That, that expanded into two rooms on 24th Street. We had a second showroom. That was the first in Manhattan to do that. And then uh, I, I opened Florida. And then uh, in 2003, Broadway was. And then that expanded into three eventual showrooms there. Right. And then in 2012, the village came along. Wow. Right. So now when you open up the village in 2012, there became a little bit of beef between Greenwich Village Comedy Club and the Comedy Cellar. And from what I read, it was basically because people in the, the street teams were taking, allegedly taking people from the lines at Cellar and selling them tickets to Greenwich Village. Is that... that, it, that the, yeah, that's what the article in the New York Times it, pointed to. Right. It started a little before that. Okay. When I... There's a process in New York when you apply for a liquor license that you have to go in front of a community board and express your case. Why you're going to operate a club, how you're going to be different. That area of Manhattan has one additional layer, and it's called BAMRA, which is the Bleecker McDougal Street business association right hmm. so when they met with me one of the specific things they said to me is look we have the comedy cellar here on this block and their lines are outrageous they're long they're around the corner and i know this because i've dealt with it with my other clubs and they said to me you have to go into this meeting and you must tell them how you're going to specifically be different than the comedy cellar you, and you have to mention that you're going to be different from the comedy seller and how. So mm -hmm. the problem was I took their advice, you know, because they were the ones that were going to be critical in recommending me for a liquor license or not. So when I went into that meeting, I stood up with my presentation. This is how I'm going to be different than the comedy seller. What I didn't understand or know was that the owner of the comedy seller was at this meeting. Oh, yeah. And he uh -huh. specifically heard me call out his club and he stood up and was super pissed and angry and what's his what's his name gnome gets hard gnome to say norman, norman okay we'll so what happened is happened. he basically got very very angry there was going to be no forgiveness uh, at that point we opened up the club and our policy is not to go to their line and take their customers what we do do is guys are standing on a public New York City street. When the, when the comedy seller goes sold out tonight, mm -hmm. 
8.30 show is sold out. The line breaks. People walk down the block. Oh, across the street even. Our guy is there and said, okay, listen, you're, you're shut out of the cellar. You came for a night of comedy. We have a club down the block. Okay. okay. But we don't specifically go to their line. Al, what about the people who say you're... Um Oh, we don't have Gypsy well, with the doing the camera. But what, what about the people who say that your people are specifically poaching people from the cellar? Do you have a rebut for that? Well, they might. I we tell them not to. I don't think I've ever seen them do it because there are times I've stood across the street just to watch them. I think they now understand that a it creates a bad problem for us. And B, I don't think if you, if you have a shot, if you have a shot at getting into the cellar, and you're online, and that's what you came down there for, you're not. It's a waste of their time to try to pull you off the line because you haven't been told the room is sold out yet. Right. So people aren't going to come off that line. So they're wasting time talking to people online waiting to go somewhere. Time is money. So they don't really do that. I mean. They might have done, uh, one or two guys might have done it the first night. They didn't know, but that has been explained to the crew and the new hires it's been explained to, you don't do that. Right. Now, with, this kind of coincides with the question about, and it happens with a lot of clubs, uh, the Barker situation. It's a situation, I'm sorry. It's, it's a thing. Barkers are a thing. Right. But the biggest complaint that we all hear, especially the comics, I'm not a comic, but I hear it all the it's time. It's a problem. Yeah. All the time. Mm. Is oh I came to the show I was told that uh, Louis C.K. was going to be here Dave Chappelle or or whoever why does that happen is it is it an industry thing is it a Barker thing is there a communication breakdown going on through the ranks I I have to be honest on this one and say it's more an individual Barker thing yeah you know we tell them not to do this it's not in our interest. To do this because, because they, they come up to the club, they're fucking pissed off yeah. now. Here's, here's the scenario, JC. They come into the room, the box office. They they give their ticket. Oh, what time does Louis go on? Louis's not on tonight. Now there's seven or eight customers behind them. Mm. This just incites an entire riot of people oh, being yeah. angry, you know. And then we have to either give them some of them a refund. Or we have to give them an appetizer, or we give them a couple of drinks. I mean, it just cascades into a mess. Al, have you ever fired somebody for uh, barking? You know, in a, in a yes. In, that was my next yes. question: Is has there ever been? Yes, and yeah. that guy went on to another comedy club. Where would he uh, go? He went to LOL. Uh, he's at LOL Comedy Club. Interesting. And he's just—I'm not going to say the person's name, but he's allegedly sold. 30 tickets to a tourist group in Times Square uh, that Louis C.K. is going to be at LOL Comedy Club and took $1,000 from these tourists. Oh and now God. these tourists rose a huge stink. And this guy, uh, from what I would understood, was fired from LOL and tried to come on board with me. Now, generally, when people want to sell tickets for you, you say, I'll take them, but... I don't want a guy like this around. I, you know. This is my thing, because I know that there are people out there listening right now who, who are saying, okay, if you are telling these guys, especially new hires, you are not, you know, be honest, right? Don't, don't fucking, you know, bullshit people and tell them that certain comics are going to be there and, and they're not going to be there. 
If that's being done, how is it that uh, years are going by where these same complaints are still happening? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Because you're getting some new people that don't understand. There's a disconnect in their mind. They think that they sell something sort of anonymously in Times Square, and that's it. You know, they're never going to be found again. The customer's going to go to the door and say, ah, to hell with it, and I'm here anyway. I paid for the tickets. And I don't think they always understand that problem. And a lot of people are living, like, hand-to-mouth. So it's late in the, you know, late in the month. Rent is due in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. It's 15 degrees outside. 95% of the people are walking by them and don't want to stop when it's that cold. They want to sell. They got to pay their rent. They got to buy food. This is interesting. And I yeah. think what happens is they start to bullshit. Is there not a way to track who yes. is bullshit? Oh, yeah, we know that. Don't and you we, write? How, how names you, are on the ticket, right? They, they, they initial the ticket. Oh, oh yeah. right. They do. So yeah. the, the, isn't that to me is like, boom, problem solved. This should never happen again. Every single time somebody comes in with a ticket saying, hey, Louis C.K. is, is going to be here. And you look at the ticket and say, hey, Dante or Sherry or whoever it is told me so-and-so was going to be here. That, but it's that also person. that simple to not write your name on the ticket and just right. go against the rule. And they don't take their uh, commission or something. Well, so now I got a question. That happens too. We've had that. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to actually ask Dan. I was like, you, you said you worked for a street team. I used to, yeah. Have you ever lied? No. See, that's a stand-up guy, though. No, I also, how do we know, Dan, how do we know so Dan's not lying? Look right at that now. face. You sell that many tickets. <laughs> <laughs> If I was lucky, I was selling one ticket a day. Aww. I was the worst seller. See, I should have lied. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I tried to sell. I lasted. It's terrible. I'm I terrible. lasted maybe an hour, but and I started crying. I said, I'm I not could see out for why this people show. do lie. Because I, I did it through the winter shit, months, dog. and I could see why people lied. Because you spend I'm money to get into I get it. L- listen, I've worked, you know, in I've worked in high stakes uh, financial jobs and low stakes. If you have a job where commission is involved. Motherfuckers are going to lie. My thing is I always go to the top. Always. How is it that, that you have a situation where this is repeatedly allowed to happen time and time again? And, you know, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. You know what happens a lot of times, too, is I don't know how you do it, but a lot of times they tell you to relate. If it's a foreigner, they tell you to say a comedian that's popular there. To relate oh, to them, see, that's not mm. like if that you is, like stand up, is... if you like him, you'd like our comedian. So sometimes it gets lost that, in translation. Yeah, there are customers that do misunderstand sometimes. Yeah. Mm. You'll mm. tell them that this person has performed at the club, right. this person has been there, yeah. and they take it that it's there tonight. Uh, okay, and I said that I last week. Think, okay, and I also think that some of the responsibility is on customers. Due diligence. If I'm outside of Madison Square Garden. And I want to see the Knicks that night. Well, that's a bad example because they're hardly ever a good team lately. Hilarious. But, but let's say, <laughs> let's say, I, let, who's the Knicks fan? Because that hurt. Yeah, baby, that's a good one. Let's say who's I go to fan? City Field tomorrow night, and that uh, game is sold out. Yeah, it is. Okay, and I, and a scalper comes over to me and goes, uh, "I'll get your box seats for a hundred and fifty dollars, when they're probably five, six hundred. Mm. All right, here it is." I go to the window and it's a counterfeit ticket. Right. Hmm. Do I now now do I go to the Mets and say you have to give me a refund? Ooh, it's a good point. Yeah. You know? Okay. I mean sometimes that's a, that's if a someone's point. coming to you and saying Louis C. K. as um Amy Schumer and Chris Rock are on the show and it's thirty dollars. <laughs> In this day of, of a smartphone, 
don't you go to a website? Don't you call the club and see if it's legit? I, I, I think Americans, point. I think Americans are, especially New Yorkers, uh, are pretty much well aware of what's going on when it comes to that type of thing. I think it's the tourists right. that are being, you know, getting the wool pulled over their eyes constantly. And a lot of, you know, a lot of clubs do have a significant amount of their audiences Tour, European yeah. European tourists and you know who have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's it's not a crazy thing too for the Barker to say, oh, Chris Rock is in town, he might be stopping in. That's some that's bullshit. Not that's, a, that's, that's, that's not bullshit. bullshit. That, yeah, that's still, yeah, still that's still that's, dishonest. That's me is dishonest. That's to me is dishonest. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's walking the line. line. Yeah. 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 We, we don't you know, we will tell them who's been at the club in the past. We will tell them it's a good lineup and, and point it out to them. But we don't condone, and when we've had guys who've done this, they get one warning, and if it happens again, they're fired. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go to the next thing, Frank. It's interesting you said that that because mm-hmm. that was really savvy what you just said. We know what you would say if you were a barker. Yeah, I would like. never bark. You would never bark. I be- could never do because that. you know you would be uh, saying some bullshit. He would say he'd be like George Carlin's <laughs> gonna be on my show at Lucy's. <laughs> you know Chris Rock was there last night. Who knows? You know, that's, that's true. I, though, but that's, I would dance that <laughs> okay, line all Frank. night, and, and I would get we fired. Appreciate your honesty, Frank. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I would dance. I would get fired, but I'd be like, well, I'm not lying necessarily. I'm saying. Chris Rock is in town. I can't. He found it for me. Yes. Al, maybe you could hire Frank as like uh, one of your managers. He's, I'll he take the one warning. Like, it sounds like he brings a whole new set of problems. <laughs> Welcome oh, to our world. Shit. <laughs> this is okay. That's a you know. That, listen, we want to be objective here. That's a reasonable. Uh, that's a reasonable answer. Okay, if someone's saying, "Hey, this per- these are the type of the caliber of comics that perform here," right? And you take it as they're performing that night. Ooh. That's you know. Uh, again, it's walking we say, the line. People you know, like... I do want to say one way. thing on the Comedy Cellar thing real quick. Sure. We have been... The Greenwich Village Comedy Club has been the greatest thing in the world for the Comedy Cellar. Why is because that? Because in their anger and in their hate for our venue, it has caused them to open up around the corner. Oh, the Village Underground. The Village Underground. Oh, that's hilarious. To take their, oh, in other words, when they're sold out on one show, they go to their audience, come on over around the block. We got another show starting an hour, a half hour, an hour. Wait a minute. With who, all the same comics. Who, yeah. who, who's the owner of uh, who, Who's the owner of uh, of the cellar? Come on, look it up. Because we need to. Okay. This is a special PSA now from Al Martin. That's Google. right. I have helped you motherfuckers grow your no business. <laughs> In all the years that they are at that location, they never thought to open up that room until they had such anger That's hilarious. and vindictiveness towards me that they opened up their second room around the corner. And I heard they'd do well over there, too. Al, I'm sure now he that, would hate you if he heard you say that. Though. Now, that just whole just so area. You hate me, but it's reality. <laughs> that I whole area that. is now just a comedy hub. It is. Listen, with the Village Lantern, Grizzly Pear. With yeah. his other room mm-hmm. that he has uh, a couple of sellouts and, and the original room, we still sold out five shows over the weekend at Greenwich. Nice. Wow. I'm glad you brought up Greenwich because that was one of the um, that was one of the things that Glenn Miller, who his name is Glenn Miller, uh, Satan's comic, had to say uh, when you were not here to defend yourself was he said, and and I I don't want to misquote him, Frank. He said that Greenwich Village Comedy Club was a shoebox from hell. 
Well, it is it's a small room. I mean, it's a, a 60-seat room, you know, and it's in the lower level, you know, and it it's a throwback to the original days of comedy. It is. That in small, tight rooms, that's how comedy started. started. You know, and I, I think I'm not ashamed of it. it. It's a small room. It's very intimate when it's packed. It's it's a, it's a great vibe. A lot of comics love working there. Right. But, you know, it's very different than Broadway, which is a 180-seat room that's very spread out. So, you know. Al, what do you say to that when people say your, your club, your Greenwich Village Comedy Club is a shithole? What, what do you say? I'm laughing to the bank. Cause, <laughs> you know? Good answer. That was actually a thing, because uh, someone said to me, I love Al, I love the clubs, but I wish he would just put a coat of paint in Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Okay. You know, what, what do things you say? like that is okay. What? Now the laughing to the bank is good, but with something like that, you know, put a coat of paint and well, just clean it up a little bit. Well, then you laugh well, to the paint store. Yeah, I don't just know. Add that yeah, little, we, yeah. We, did, we 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 put all new paneling along the sides. We, we've uh, we we worked on the sound, and we still got a little more painting to do now. But it looked you know, a lot different. I was there a couple weeks, so it yeah, looked a lot better than it really yeah. awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have aspirations to do even more renovation work? Uh, well, yeah, the problem is with the, the so everybody who's wondering why Al Martin doesn't spend even more money on it, it's in the lower level, and it gets a lot of leaks in a 120-year-old building. Mm. That that mm. built that club's only three years old, and the walls got destroyed. Th- Greenwich Village Comedy Club is three years 2012. old. 2012. Aren't you listening to this interview? I, oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm not- three years old, and it's like... Three years old. Wow. Three years old. And, 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 and water damage all over the walls from the building. You know, nobody seems to know where it comes from. And that's why we had to redo the work finally over there. But, you know, to me... The comedy cellar, the original one, isn't a, a, a thing of beauty. You know, you got to walk through the audience to get to the bathrooms, and mm. and 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 it's down in a basement. It's in a cellar, and and it's it's you know it's nothing extraordinary, but it, to me, it's all about the show and the talent and the quality. Now, Al, I want to right. ask you, um, New York Comedy Club. It was your first room. It was your yes. first venue. Yes. Two rooms you had. It's it's, it's legendary. The first it really one to do it. Why did you sell it? Oh, simple, simple. Um, I'm getting older. Um, I have only two kids that are interested in the comedy. Mm-hmm. And one was in Broadway and one was in the village. New York, n- the worst competition for New York is when Broadway opened up. Because my street team that I had selling tickets in Times Square for New York wanted to go to Broadway because it was right there in Times Square. Hmm. So right away, New York lost a lot of its business. And the location became a handicap. And for many, many years it was that way until the street team at the comic strip got into a beef with the comic strip. Hmm. And they contacted me and... They came aboard at New York Comedy Club. But the problem was, New York Comedy Club is a very successful club if it could be owner-operated. The owner on site, the owner running it, right. one owner there a lot of the time. Then it becomes a way, you know, you buy the club and you, you, 
you make a living out of working your own club like I did in the early years. It is very difficult for that room, in my opinion, to make money with absentee ownership. Wow. So now let me ask, because you bring up, you know, uh, beef and stuff with the street teams. Isn't it in everyone's best interest for all the clubs to kind of get along for the most part? Because these comedians sometimes with these turf wars and territories and things like that, some comedians are really pulled from one direction to another and okay, I, I feel like I can't perform at that place because it'll upset this guy or that guy or I, it doesn't make sense for me to go there because this one has two clubs. Isn't it in everyone's best interest for all these clubs to kind of have a common goal? Actually, common I think issues? you just answer your... It doesn't yeah. sound like it is. It sounds like it's better for competition, right? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, mean, I, I, I have... Because I was a comedian, right? I think the most... And of course, I haven't... I could become hypocritical on this because I don't really have someone that's opened up a block away from Broadway or something. But generally speaking, I don't like the concept of telling comedians who in Manhattan are working on a weekend for $75 a set and, 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 um, and, and uh, weekdays for 20 or $25 a set. I don't, have, I don't have the stomach to tell them you can't work another venue near my club. The comedy seller uh, has allegedly told many comedians. I, I have a letter in, in my emails of a comedian that just was told that he's allowed to not, he's passed at the seller, but he can no longer work at broad, at the Greenwich. Oh. Now, oh, he can no. Oh, if he works at Greenwich, they will not use him at the cellar. Wow, that now sucks. that's really fun. who is that hurting? Because yeah. Al Martin's going to find another comedian to work at Greenwich. Right. It's hurting this poor guy who's just trying to make a living. He's not at the level of Jim Norton or Dave Attell or Louis C.K. He's just trying to make a freaking living, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's being told now, if he does two sets at the cellar and then can do another two sets at Greenwich, he's doubled his income. Right. He's gone from... You know, fifty dollars a night or eighty dollars a night to one hundred and thirty dollars a night. Or something. Uh, okay, so all yeah. right, I'm trying. Let me just try to be devil's advocate because I'm gonna. Say, I hate that. That sounds fucking shitty, and I don't like it. But let me just try to play devil's advocate to to try to understand it. Is the owner saying that because uh, he does not want he he does not want his comic associated? with a club that he thinks is a shithole? Is that the reason what it is? I, I personally don't know what's going through his head, but I think that... I think the first word you said is his comic. We're in the United States of America. Oh, Jesus JC. Christ, that's a good fucking answer. You know, yeah. we're... That's true. Who's owning people? Who's owning yeah. people? <laughs> Who's owning people? This is... My, I don't like that shit. No, it's Exactly. Uh, this is the United States of America. He, it's not his comic. You know, it's a human being. And, you know, how could, you know, I think it's the worst thing in the world to tell him he can't work a couple of blocks away. Yeah, that's... It's sad. What, what is the, I wonder what the reason is that he, he's, he obviously hates you or has animosity yeah, towards you. He has animosity towards you. So that, so maybe, so that's the reason why he's, he figures, I do, I don't want to be associated with Al Martin, therefore, if you work for me, you cannot work with he's Al Martin. He's trying to that's punish me. Yeah. It's and the punishment is great because I sold out five shows there <laughs> over the weekend. Al Martin talks a lot of shit, dude. And Jesus I'm, and I'm Christ. Paying, I'm pro he owns, I think, that building. Mm -hmm. But per square foot, I'm probably paying less rent than he is or less on his mortgage. 
Wow. So do, do you, you think it's also a perception issue where he says, "Listen, now that you've been passed at the cellar, you're not allowed to like publicly take a step back." Okay. Can, that, that, now that's what I maybe I'm too brash, but that's what I was basically right, trying to say. Can I, can I, can I, can I tell point. you something? Yeah. The power in all of this does not lie with the owner of the com uh, comedy cellar. He's the emperor who wore no clothes. He has no power. Because tomorrow, if Jim Norton, Dave Attell, Artie Lang, Colin Quinn, Sherrod Small, all these guys got up and said, I'm working any damn club I want. All you need is those six guys. Is he going to tell them you can't work? Another club in the city, whether it's the Village Lantern or my room or anywhere else, if they're getting ready for a comedy tour and well, they want to work as many sets as possible. Well, see, that's what I'm thinking. Right. Maybe the, he's targeting those comedians that haven't hit that level, so they're of course. And why do we problem. call that? We call that a bully. Let's yeah. put the pressure on some young guy. And I don't blame the comedian. I'm not angry at him. This poor guy. It's his dream to work the cellar. He wants to, it's not the seller. He wants to be working alongside Chris Rock and Amy Schumer and Artie Lang and all those guys. He wants to be near them. Mm -hmm. So he can't turn that down. It's, it's impossible. I get it. But you know what? I made a comment the other day online, and I said it, and I stand by it. The seller lineup you see today was Greenwich's lineup two years ago. Wow. wow. Yeah. Go on their website. Yeah. They're copying my lineup from two years ago. <laughs> we were ahead of the curve. This is fresh. He's right. He's Woo. not wrong. Okay. It's Boom. truth. You know, uh, I've dealt with this baloney my whole career. When I was down in Florida, there was a national chain that was keeping acts out of my club down there. And you know what? There were so many comedians that are talented. You can't win that game because eventually... In the years that I was there, we had Artie Lang there. We had Brett Butler. We had Paulie Shore. We had Damon Wayans. We had Sean Wayans. We had Marlon Wayans. We had uh, some more. We had uh, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. So, Do you ever feel like you're often the target yes. of all these yeah, other club it, owners? Is Al Martin why is enemy number one? Is why do you think is? that is, Al? Well, someone told me this a long time ago. When I started in the business, uh, the big players were the Improv on 44th and 10th, Catch a Rising Star. Catch a Rising Star, yeah. So they were the big players. And one day I said to a good friend of mine who still works for me, Chris Murphy, I, he was the nighttime manager at the Improv back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I said to Chris, why is it when comedians come in the room, all they talk about is the improv, and they, and they never talk about me? He goes, Al, you're not a threat. You're a low man on the totem pole. You got a little club. Be happy they're not talking about you. You're not on anybody's radar. Mm -hmm. As the years went on, and New York Comedy Club became two showrooms, and then Broadway opened up with three showrooms, and then Greenwich opened up. Suddenly, Al Martin wasn't that little this out on the street. The improv had closed, catch had closed. We were dominating the ticket sales in Times Square. Now Al Martin became the target. Al, are you a, would you say that you are a uh, vicious businessman? 
I would say there have been two Al Martins in the comedy career. There were the early years when I had to scratch and I had to claw and I had to hustle for every dollar I could make. I was raising a little kid. I, I had to I had to be focused beyond belief to just try to make a living and, and, and make my bills. People tell me now the more recent version of Al Martin in the last 10 or 15 years, uh, 10 years, has been a lot different. A lot more of a benevolent person, not, not as, you know, uh, uh, hung up on being vicious, etc. But if I have to be vicious to you defend will. what's my turf, I will be. You're also very public, Al. <clears throat> like, for example, when they asked who the owner of the comedy cell was, we had to Google it. Right. Nobody has yeah. to ask who the I knew the name, but it's, I can't pronounce it. Point. And you're right. very you're very much the public face of these clubs, and whereas a lot of the other owners aren't. Yeah, I like that. I've seen videos with you and Emma Willman, her asking you questions, right. mistakes that young comics make, and it seems like you are out there for people to reach out to. Hands on. Yeah. yeah. You're I, involved. I wasn't like that in the earlier years. I was very focused on business, but as the years have gone on, you know... Um, I think that's great. I think that's an, an important uh, to to kind of you know discern because I, to your point, I kind of want to know why does everybody, well, not everybody, but why do fucking people not like Al Martin? Right. Is, is there something we're missing? Is there because you you seem like a reasonable guy? Is there something? What are we missing? There's a generation maybe of earlier comics that I was cheap maybe or I didn't you know I didn't pay as much because I had a smaller room. Al, I've heard, listen, I'm, we're all, com Dan is well, a comic, Joe, we're something. all comics. A lot of the people that we hear that are comics that say they don't like Al Martin, subsequently enough, are people who aren't working for Al Martin. With Al Martin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the ones I fear That's are I the ones that say. occasionally this does happen, where someone will send me a link to a podcast where there's a person that I work a lot. And they're bad-mouthing me, so right. that one freaks me out. Right. But he, to speak to Dan's point, that's very true. There are a lot of uh, comedians that will talk bad stuff about me, and in the end, it's because they're not working for me, or it's they don't really, know me. Al, are you cheap now? I don't think... I think I pay in accordance with all the other clubs. Uh, you know, it could be $5 either way, but I don't, you know... I mean, I'm putting it out there, you know, a comic will make 25 bucks uh, on a on a weeknight. Right. Would you say you pay in that round? Yeah, we pay $25. Exactly. Okay. I've heard, I have heard that you're cheap. So I don't know where. Uh, it I'd depends like to... on the comic, you know. Is it a newer generation comic, older generation? You know, people, people have compared me many times to like the George Steinbrenner of comedy club. <laughs> you know. George started out very hated as a comedy Huge. club owner. Yeah. And as the years went on, he became softer and people liked him. And, they, you know, he would, would give advice. And behind the scenes, he would help people out and do things like that. I have, to, I have to say that comparison popped in my head before when you were talking about no one owning a comic. And Steinbrenner was very big push on the free agency. It came from yeah, you're right. where people... Teams did not own a player that he had the ability to play other places. Now, that, that, that example popped in my head before when you said right. that. Now, when you hear a comic that you do work with bad-mouthing you on a podcast, do you not book them anymore? Or do you actually reach out yeah, and say, hey, yeah. what's going on? I challenge them. I, you I do challenge them. Yes, I do challenge them. I emailed them. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a name, Christian Finnegan. 
you know, uh, Christian Finnegan came on to a, a podcast, and he started the interview by saying, you know, the question to him was, and from what I understand, there were a few drinks being kicked back before the podcast, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, three drink men? We only allow yeah. three. I'm, I'm only on number drinks. two right now, right. so... So, but he, um, the question to him was, what is your favorite comedy club in Manhattan? And his answer was Broadway Comedy Club. He okay. said it. Okay. And I was, oh, wow, good, good for Christian, right? He should have stopped there. He <laughs> kept going. Now, at that time, we were putting Christian up every single night of the week. He was really a club favorite, you know? And we were putting him up. And he proceeded to say things like, you know, Broadway dupes people. They put on great comics like me and others. But uh, they save a couple of spots a night for newbies. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, so, you know, like, what's wrong with that? You know, so there, there seems to be, like, a little bit of a phonyism on some comics. Mm-hmm. Like, they pretend like they're there for the underdog. And then, but then they get a little snobby about the venue. Like, oh, I'm on this show, and this guy is on the show with me, you know? Mm-hmm. What's that all about? I've got a question from the chat room. Uh, Bronson John actually throws out several questions. Does he really pay the old guys... Or do they work for free? I don't know mm. what he means by the old guys. I don't know what he means by the old guys. Okay. Bronson, please clarify that. But the other question he has is, why are the drinks watered down? Do they have a liquor license? Let's go. Let's talk about it. it well, yeah. Of course we have, a, we have what's called the... First of all, I don't ever recall reading in the book of opening a comedy club that a comedy club has to have a full liquor license. We didn't break any laws. We have a beer and wine license, mm-hmm. and that is what we serve. We serve. Now, within that, I have to be very creative. We have found we, we sell wine coolers. We sell a full selection of wines, a full selection of beer. We have virgin drinks. We, we sell sake, which I don't think oh, any other comedy club in New York sells. We do sacatinis. We, we, we've actually imported a whole bunch of uh, sake drinks, that mixed sake drinks that are made of sake. We also have found uh, a company that makes wine-based tequila, wine-based vodka, and wine-based rum. We offer that on the menu. Those are the things that are offered on the menu. We don't lie. We don't w- wine-based rum? Yes. My opinion, I don't necessarily like the taste of that as much, but I, I, I do like the Long Island iced tea. I like all the sake drinks. Um, so people, because I've heard this too, Frank, I guess you've heard this as well. People try to sit on the fact that he doesn't, what is it, that he doesn't have a full liquor license. So, okay. Ma- but why is it necessary? That, why do you have to have, where, what law is there that you have to, first of all, people don't even drink hard liquor like they used to. Right. I have a full liquor license at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Right. Are, are they saying that you're lying, that you're trying to put on like you're making a real drinking? I don't not- know what they're saying, but we don't, we don't. Yeah, Frank, what, yeah, let's I'm, get some I'm clarification into, on that You know, that I think question. also a lot of people repeat nonsense that someone else says rather right. than well, investigating what, what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, why is Broadway consistently one of the busiest clubs in Manhattan if it is the shithole that people are saying it is? Al, do you have a particular beef with another club in the city? Oh, yeah. Stand Up New York. But that's on the upper Now, upper let me east. also say, 
Let the public <laughs> let the let the public be the judge. Wait a minute. I just did a show at Stand Up New York yesterday and it was great. You have a beef with my home club? Yes. Really? Why? I don't you know what? I don't have a beef with the owner of the club. Okay. I met him. He's a gentleman. Okay. There's a guy there that runs their street team. Uh, or he used to. I don't know what the status is. But him and I have not gotten along for years, and uh, it's gotten back to me from other people that he keeps spreading the same nonsensical rumors that are irrelevant to anything. You know, we're a comedy club. The number one thing we sell is great comedy. Period. You know, and we, we, sell, we sell what we're legally allowed to sell by the state of New York. Right. I almost feel like doing a Rodney King right now. Like, why can't we all just, why can't we all just get along, Dan? Oh, I don't have an issue. <laughs> just all be about comedy. You know? No, I just, I don't uh, get it. Wait, I, I, I have no issue with that. I got it's a question. Usually, you don't like being bad mouthed. I don't it? like being bad mouthed or uh, having people poached out of my business. When I want new people, we try to hire them. You know, we don't try to steal them from other venues or steal producers or things like that. I have a question. I have a question for you. I I would like to know how you feel about this. Now, if, say, somebody who uh, managed a club or worked at another club said, hey, listen, if you go on this show with Al as comedians and you say anything in regards to the club, I may not give you spots or remove you from a show, how would you feel about that? Like, does that seem fair to you? It's despicable. It's just, yeah. Again, the comic is the victim. The comic is the victim. Not me. Understand. If you tomorrow did not book me on this show, okay, because of that, I'm going to have another comedian work for me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and how hard is it for a comic to find more work? It's, it's a lot easier for you to find someone. I'll find a comedian to, to work my club. Does Are the, you going to find another club that's going to book you as easy? Exactly. Is, the, right. is the comics the victim? Are we missing? Is the beef that you have with Stand Up New York? Is it personal? Is it something you know? I'm well, it's you personal know, I'm with that. Names. I think it's personal uh, with Julius Dano. Okay, who? I'm sorry. I don't mean you didn't mention it. I did. He he has he's he's taken to calling my transgender daughter uh, by the name David, which is like calling Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay. There are undertones when you make that kind of statement mm-hmm. and it's hurtful and it's disrespectful i can literally feel the energy in the room like this is extremely tense no first off i don't even want to approach that because no one should be talking about anyone's family let me just say that exactly yeah um i work with julius i, I have a good relationship with julius i don't have a problem with him no, you guys seem good. you guys seem okay let's put it out there because the the post that you were talking about at the beginning of the the uh from last week was on my post on your wall and you, you guys were going back and forth and i have never seen anything like that from two grown men he it, you know, there was, a lot, it, it was, he was extremely he tense. was vicious well, yeah. no, i'm gonna be he was vicious not not just he, it was it was both it was like you could tell there was something julius is not here to defend himself if you go back to the posts he drew first blood when he made that comment about my kid. Up until then, I didn't care about anything, but that was a serious remark. When you attack someone's family, you know. What, what is your history? What is your history uh, with Julius? Is, uh, you know. Well, you know, um, Julius years ago worked for the New York Comedy Club crew for a brief period of time, 
in the American way, he went out on his own and landed a job with Stand Up New York and took over their street team. Okay. No issue. He did his thing. He would run his team his way. For the next 10 years, he would always complain that my team was taking his... Actually, for a long, long time, there was peace. Okay. And then suddenly, I took on a second team, which he had personal dislike for, the guys running that team. Okay. And then that's when things started to heat up again, where, you know, I would get calls from him. My guys tried to take his guys. He tried to take our guys. It went back and forth to the point where, you know... It wasn't going to get solved. So then, you you admit that it was both. It was both sides. You you guys were like it was war. It, you, you know you. Yeah, I mean he came up and started offering our guys more money. My guys went after his guys, and yes, it, it was war. Frank, we got to get Julius. We got not. To, we, we're out of time, we but we got to get time. Julius to be able to respond because he's not here to, okay. to defend yeah. himself. Well, yeah, you did invite him to come on the show let, to get let, the couch let's reach out. Let's reach out to him, see if he'll come on maybe next week or uh, he'll call in or let's see if he'll respond. You know, Al it was here. We asked him the questions. Al he answered, answered everything. Everything we asked, Al, you answered really right. honestly if and respectfully. He, if he and we father with that. my kid and at least my business interests alone, I'll be Okay, so yeah, we got to get a rebuttal, but Al, we appreciate you answering the questions no as problem. upfront as you did. Gypsy, are you giving us like a minute to do plugs or no? We got to yeah, go. No, we got, oh, okay. Three minutes. Okay. Uh, plugs, plugs, plugs. Wednesday, October 21st, the first open mic night at Duos in Yonkers. JC is hosting that. That is at 7 p.m. <coughs> Wednesdays. Uh, Wednesday. Come 7, starts at 7.30. Starts at 7.30. I'll be there, buddy. Do I'll it. be there too, man. You're, you're a Yonkers boy. You better be there, dude. This Thursday, you can see Chris Vack's Bad Girls of Comedy at Lucy's in Pleasantville, New York. Yeah, that's a nice our movie. very own Chrissy Mayer's on it, and one of our favorite guests, Karen Feehan, yeah. is on that as well. It's going to be fun. 7.30, Lucy's Pleasantville. $10 cover. Next flyer, we also have, oh, Angela Cobb's Stand Up and Storytelling Show. That is on Thursday, October 29th. Love, Angela. At QED in Astoria. Big fan. Great girl. We also have, oh, next Thursday, also October 29th, JC's Heckler Show Halloween Edition. Are you going to be dressed up in a costume? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Comedians are welcome for free if they're in a costume. They have to heckle them. You know what? Let's put it out there. Any comedian that shows up and is willing and ready to heckle Mm -hmm. gets in free for that show. Gets in free. Any comedian. The only show like this in the world. Heckler show, baby. Heckler show. Tough. And then we've also got that same night lounging and laughing at Isla Nubar in the Bronx. That's Thursday, October 29th. Chrissy Mayer is one of the features with Dale Harrison headlining it. Great. Is that the last one we got? Oh, and October 30th, Peanut Butter and Bullshit Comics at Barney McNabb's in Yonkers. October 30th, 9 p.m., headlined by Leah Bonema. Joseph, are you hosting or featuring? Uh, I am I am actually going to be the devil, and I'm going to do a set as the devil, because it's a Halloween-themed nice. show. So you're dressing up as yourself. Yes, I am, I'm, ju- I'm just going to wear the same clothes. <laughs> Let's go around quick. JC Knows Best, Google you. JC Knows Best, Google me, folks. Conklin. Find me at, at Planet Joetopia on Instagram and Twitter. Al Martin, where can people see your shows? Yeah. BroadwayComedyClub.com and GreenwichVillageComedyClub.com. Dan? Is this awesome. right? you have a couple dates? Yes, quick. November quickly. 4th, One Night Only, Zanies in Chicago. Nice. November 5th or 7th, opening for Kathleen Madigan. 
in Michigan. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. awesome. Very cool. Dan, thank you for coming. Al, thank you very much awesome, for being part man. of it. Thank pleasure. You. Thank you, man. Cool. Thanks for having me. Guys, tune in next week. We'll be here. Same time, same place. Mondays at 8 p.m. on ZenLive.tv.